Hello and welcome to the Refreshed Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. In the Gospel of Mark, after Jesus has risen from the dead, he appears before the disciples. Mark 16, 15 says, He said to them, Go into the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. In the Gospel of Matthew, before Jesus ascends to heaven, he commissions the disciples and us. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. We are called to spread the gospel, the good news of the God who created us, gave us grace before we knew we needed it, sent his son to pay a debt that even with all our might, we could not pay on our own. The good news of a God who is with us in our joys and struggles. The good news of a God who loves us with all earnestness and sincerity. So what happens when the church itself hinders the spreading of that message? Today's hymn has dealt with this on a couple of occasions. Let's start with the 60s. Edwin Hawkins was born in 1943 and, at a young age, became the keyboardist for his family's gospel group. He later became the pianist for the Ephesian Church of God in Christ in Berkeley, California, and, with Betty Watson, co-founded the Northern California State Youth Choir of the Church of God in Christ. Made up of 46 members with the goal of competing in the 1968 Youth Congress for the Church of God in Christ's annual choir competition, Hawkins and the group recorded an album that summer in an effort to raise funds for the D.C. trip. Unfortunately, the album was not finished in time for the trip. But thankfully, not only did the North California Youth Choir make it to the D.C. competition, they finished in second place. When they returned, the album was finished and 500 copies were made, and one made its way to a San Francisco DJ who chose to put their version of an old hymn, Oh Happy Day, into rotation. Other radio stations picked up the song and put it into rotation as well. Due to its success, the group was given a record contract. Though it was a gospel song, Oh Happy Day crossed over into the pop radio mainstream, becoming an even bigger hit. However, church officials for the Church of God in Christ were not keen on the song being on secular radio and petitioned for it to be removed from the airwaves and restricted Hawkins from using the choir's name, prompting the record label to change the group's name to the Edwin Hawkins Singers. Years later, when asked about the church officials' decision, Edwin Hawkins had this to say, I think they thought they were doing the right thing. What confused me about it was that they were teaching us all our lives that we were to take the message everywhere. Oh Happy Day went on to win a Grammy for Best Soul Gospel Performance, and the Edwin Hawkins Singers recorded three more albums. The lead singer on Oh Happy Day, Dorothy Morrison, was able to record a solo album and was a backup singer for the band Chicago, as well as Boz Skaggs and Simon and Garfunkel. So... A gospel song recorded by a youth choir becomes so popular, it makes its way from the gospel stations over to the larger masses of the pop crowd, inviting some to hear the message of Jesus 
and the church's response at the time was to have it removed from airplay because, in their opinion, gospel music should not be played on the secular radio stations. And if radio stations continued to play it, the choir couldn't use their original name. Interesting, isn't it? What makes it more interesting is that the hymn Oh Happy Day is no stranger to differences of opinion. In fact, it is written by a man whose opinion differed from the powers that be of the time. Philip Dobchurch was born in 1702 into an English nonconforming family. Nonconformists were those who did not agree with the practices or beliefs of the Church of England, eventually becoming some of the denominations we know today as Methodists or Baptists, Quakers, and so forth. Even Philip Dotrich's grandfather, who was a minister, was removed from his church for his nonconforming views. Dotrich himself was offered ordination training through the Church of England, but declined, choosing instead to be trained at a nonconformist seminary. After his training, Doddridge began his ministry, developing close friendships with revivalists and nonconforming thinkers of the day, such as George Whitfield, John Wesley, and Isaac Watts, writer of hymns like Joy to the World and When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. In fact, it was Watts who influenced Doddridge to write. Doddridge is said to have written his hymns as summaries of his sermons, as a way to help his congregation express their response to the gospel. When it comes to Oh Happy Day, it turns out the original title was Rejoicing in Our Covenant, Engagement with God. In the United Methodist article, History of Hymns, Oh Happy Day, That Fixed My Choice, Beth Spaulding explains that the hymn is filled with images of the covenant, an ideal which was extremely important to the nonconformist and dissenting clergy, who would eventually bring it with them to New England as part of Puritan theology. Therefore, it's understandable why this was the original title. The first verse joyously signifies that the day we fix our choice on God is a happy day indeed. Verse 2 refers to Jesus' death on the cross. Tis done, the great transactions done. While verse 3 talks of the rest our long-divided hearts now have in Christ because of his great sacrifice on the cross. In verse 4, we can proclaim that cheerful anthems will fill our homes because of the relationship we now share with God. Lastly, verse 5 says that our covenant with God, this relationship, will last and be renewed until we are united with God in heaven. The chorus, which is what Edwin Hawkins mainly used in his version, boldly proclaims, O happy day when Jesus washed my sins away, and how through his ministry here on earth that we see in the Gospels he taught us how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Dodgers is said to have begun his relationship with God at a young age, making a covenant and writing it down, reviewing it every year of his life. Inspiration for this hymn is said to come from 2 Chronicles 15.15, which says all Judah was delighted with the solemn pledge because they had sworn it with all their hearts. When they enthusiastically sought God, he was found by them and the Lord gave them peace on every side. Deuteronomy 26, 17 through 18 adds that today you have affirmed that the Lord will be your God and that you will walk in his ways and follow his regulations, his commandments, and his case laws, and that you will obey his voice. Today the Lord has gotten your agreement that you will be his treasured people, 
just like he promised by keeping his commandments. A hymn about our covenant with God, written with nonconformist beliefs in mind, used to explain the joy of our relationship with God and the joyous occasion when Jesus washed our sins away. Shared for more than 200 years before arriving in the hands of Edwin Hawkins, who used it as a way to raise funds for his youth choir so they could share the gifts God bestowed on them. Oh, Happy Day became a pop radio hit, introducing people to the gospel of Christ despite the wishes of the church, showing us that Paul's words in 2 Timothy are true. God's words cannot be chained. 